0: Hello, Monetization Nation. Dave Ruel is joining me today. Dave is a former competitive physique athlete turned serial entrepreneur, author, speaker, and leadership mentor. He's the author of the best-selling book, Done by Noon, How to Achieve More by Noon than Other Entrepreneurs in a Full Day. After founding and growing multimillion dollar online companies in the field of health, fitness, and sports nutrition for nearly a decade, Dave saw the dark side of entrepreneurship, and he saw it gradually rob him of his freedom leaving him burned out and unfulfilled. Refusing to conform to a broken business culture that promotes workaholism and non-stop hustle, Dave created a sustainable structure and systems for his life and business to reclaim his freedom without sacrificing the growth of his companies. Fueled by his passion for entrepreneurship and human performance, he launched Ethic, an innovative leadership development company, That helps busy entrepreneurs maximize their impact and freedom. Thank you so much for joining us today,
1: Dave. Well, thanks for having me, my friend. Really appreciate it.
0: So, can we start off having you share with us something that you are super passionate about?
1: I'm super passionate about entrepreneurship in general and human behaviors. I think, you know, this is the kind of, yeah, you know, For me, entrepreneurship, the ability to create something that solves a problem, like people's problems and do it creatively, that's the ultimate reward. So entrepreneurship is my number one passion.
0: Can you share with us your journey to become this expert of (laughs) entrepreneurship uh,
1: effectiveness? It's a, it's a long journey and it's a, it's a fun journey. So it all started for me with uh, a passion for fitness. So in 2007, so I, I had been a competitive um, physique athlete for, so bodybuilder for, at that point for almost a decade, um, you know, really passionate about fitness. And in 2007, I was competing at a show in, in Newfoundland, Canada. And I was, I met this guy named Lee Hayward. And Lee Hayward (laughs) told me that he was making six figures a year from, you know, his bodybuilding blog. And um, I became, so I was like, okay, wow, how do you do that, right? Like, I need to learn how to do this because Lee had this great lifestyle. He's, and he was doing that from, you know, like from Newfoundland, Canada, right? He was not like in New York or any big city. And he was, uh, his wife was working with him full time was making great living out of it. So, you know, Lee became my first mentor. At this point, I, I traded my, my passion for fitness with an obsession for business and, you know, learned everything I had to do with building an online company, uh, which I did. You know, I did that for next two years, 2007 to 2009, started getting really, uh, passionate about it, learning everything from you know direct response marketing and everything that needed to launch an online business, did that and went full-time at it in 2009 with uh, a business named The Muscle Cook. So it was a business for, uh, it was a website really to help entre- uh, not entrepreneurs, uh, fitness uh, people, you know, with recipes and meal plans and nutrition. And um, we launched uh, cookbooks for fitness people. So, you know, bodybuilding, uh, muscle building ones, fat loss ones. And from there, um, I started getting attention because at the time, you know, Nathan, like people, like the online business thing was not like, it was not as easy or not as easy, but it was not common. You know what I mean? Like not everybody had an online business. It was more of an anomaly. And, and I started getting attention from, you know, people who had audiences or uh, for example, people with YouTube experts with YouTube channels, but had didn't really know how to monetize it online. So we launched uh, a publishing, you know, company. We were helping them, you know, put together their, their digital platforms and, you know, their books, their training systems, their all their online infrastructure and, and marketing. Um, from there, I invested in a supplements company called Bioptimizers, uh, a company that I sold in 2016. And at that point, I was I was doing a little bit of of, of You know, business mentorship on the side, nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. And um, that year in 2016, when I, um, after I sold the company, I had the opportunity to uh, to mentor uh, a group of entrepreneurs who really wanted to make the switch online. And you know, it's like anything you would expect that they were expecting, you know, tactics and strategies to do that. But the main hurdle or the main problem that they had was a problem with actually their own structure, their own personal structure in order to become, really to become, you know, an entrepreneur. I feel like, you know, becoming an entrepreneur is like becoming an athlete. You know, there's, you can start with natural tendencies or natural talent, but eventually you need to acquire, you know, the skills to, you know, to become a champion athlete, you know? So um, the systems that I had built for myself in entrepreneurship you know, transferring my knowledge of the sports performance world to the entrepreneurship world and did that, you know, obviously I did that after, you know, obviously going through more uh, challenging times, you know, with, uh, you know, understanding how to operate myself in that context. And um, I started sharing with them my systems. These systems became Epic officially in 2007. And from there, you know, we started coaching, And, um, and yeah, you know, sharing this with the world, the ethic planner was born, then the done by noon book. uh, And now we actually don't do any coaching now at ethic, but we do have a, we do have certification. So we certify other coaches on the methodology and they can help their, um, their clients with it.
0: What's the biggest home run that you've hit in your career so far?
1: Oh, Wow. Uh, I've hit a lot of, you know, obviously I, I love the word home run because I'm a fan. I'm always like, you know, what matters is the at bat and hitting singles, hitting doubles and being consistent with it. Um, you know, home runs, there was a few, uh, I would say early, I was lucky that early on in my career, I think my, you know, the first product that I launched online, which was anabolic cooking a cookbook for, uh, for muscle building was, actually like probably the home run that I'm the most proud of because that was, first of all, that was my first product, uh, you know, in my first business and really that kind of propelled, you know, my, the the future of my career online, you know, gave me really like the confidence that, okay, well, you know, it's not just a passion anymore or, or an attempt to make it successful to really work well, more proud of all the singles and the doubles and the occasional home runs, you know, that I'm, that I've accomplished. But yeah, this one in particular was actually quite for me, like the, the shift of switching my passion to an actual profitable online business.
0: Yeah. We would, if we were general managers of a, of a professional baseball team, we would all love to take that player that consistently can get the singles and the doubles. Yeah. That's not a bad thing to be consistent with those. Exactly. Can you tell me about the biggest mistake or failure um, that you've had in your career and what did you learn from it?
1: Oh my God. there were so, same thing. There's so many of them. The main, I think, you know, it was a big mistake that I made back in. And it all goes down to to partnerships uh, in 20. So that was in 2014. Um, we were having a, a great year with uh, with the publishing company. That's what motivated me to sell it. Actually, uh, having a great year, but we had one client who was like probably the most impactful client in our business. Like he was a racehorse. And, you know, at this point, we made the decision like, okay, well, there's many ways to go about that. It's either like we spend a lot more time and energy on this client and, and actually look into the big pick, look into growing this, this business and, and, uh, and, and forming a partnership with this, you know, client who was also a friend. Um, or we can just, you know, keep doing what we're doing while, you know, getting more clients and, you uh, and but no none of them were as big as this one this one was a huge one so we made the we 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 had a discussion obviously with uh, with him it's like listen can we what what do we do right what do um do you want us to you know expand on what we're building right now with you obviously it will need us to shift and allocate you know more resources towards you but we just need a long-term commitment and uh and, you know, we were working on, on, on the deal with them. But at this point, we kind of took, and because we were friends, we took that as a kind of the handshake deal in the meantime. And we were preparing the paperwork, but we didn't have anything signed then. And until we did that, it like, you know, you know, six months later, when it was time to really seal the deal, and we had already prepared the transition, you know, with changing, you know, having so many resources, hiring people, and spending a lot and a lot of money transitioning to, you know, working with this person full time and and actually, you know, building actually, we were actually building a new business altogether. Um, yeah, he had a change of heart, <laughs> and we were left high and dry with no paperwork, nothing to protect ourselves. And you know, at this point, it was like, you know what, handshake deals are what they are, and uh, if it's not pen on paper, it doesn't exist. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a big mistake, I think. You know, you know, I've lost, I would say the direct impact was seven figures. <laughs> and I would say, you know, I don't regret not going, being in business now because it's not, you know, uh, the kind of behaviors that, you know, you want of someone you want to go in business with long term. But it, it was, it was, a, it was a, it was a big blow, you know, in my career for sure.
0: What is your best monetization secret or strategy?
1: <laughs> Relationships.
0: Yeah. Relationships. Count so on that
1: yeah so here's the thing I feel like you're gonna have a lot of people with strategies and tactics and it's great it's part of business you need strategies you need tactics in order to grow a business however I'm a big fan of expanding relationship whether it's with your business partners with your customers with you know other business owners like you know like just like we're doing today for example Nathan like we're yeah. on each other's podcast we're learning to know each other and you know, hopefully, you know, we're going to know of each other, and maybe, probably, in the future, we'll have the opportunity to collaborate on different things. We don't know that, but the key thing is that you need to do that at scale by, you know, showing up with people or showing up to people and for people. Um, we I try to do that as much as I can with my customers. I, I so we do a lot of affiliate marketing as well as as a traffic, uh, you know, generation strategy, and you know, obviously, affiliate marketing is pretty much you share, you know, a part of your profits, but when people refer your products to you, but the big part of making that successful is having a great relationship with the people who represent your brand and your products, right?
0: Yeah. We like to do business with those that we know, like, and trust. We don't have to have a lifelong relationship with someone to like, know, and trust them.
1: Yeah. hundred percent, you know, and it's, it's, It's part of it, you know, and uh, yeah, for me, it's always been something that I, again, try to do at scale, you know, as it's scaling the unscalable in some ways, you know.
0: What do you feel is the biggest tectonic shift that is transforming the business landscape today?
1: Communication and communication and again, relationship. Yeah. I think we're in an era where, and, and this is what you see that, right? Big brands having a hard time connecting with their audience now, and they try to do what smaller brands do. And I think now there's a big, big opportunity, even for small, small brands, like very niche brands, to do extremely well if they've developed that relationship with their customers. You know, talk to them, show up, show yourself, show who's behind the company. And I think if you can do that, the more you can add personalization, To what you do, the better it's going to be, you know, for us, it's not, for me, I take time every week to record little videos for for our customers, you know, like someone who's been ordering a second time or third time from us, I'm going to take my phone, I'm going to record a quick video, I'm going to send an email to that person. And they're like, wow, you know, I never get that. I was like, I know, I know you never get that. That's why we're doing it is that because there's not enough companies who really build these type of relationships. And I think the hard thing for any company is to do that, like do that at, you know, scale and, but it doesn't need to be, what can I say? Complicated. You know what I mean? Like it's just a matter of putting human in touch with another human in a very genuine way. And if you can learn to do that at scale, I think, I think, You know, you will win, and it's the same thing with people management internal to a company. The more you can connect on a human level, you know, empathy, um, you know, understanding that humans are humans and they need to be talked to and 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 cared for, you're going to win. Let's go
0: to your book here, done by Noon. Great book, best selling book. Highly recommend it. Uh, Let's talk about the five truths. About life and business for entrepreneurs?
1: The first one is that entrepreneurs want one thing and that one thing is freedom. And, you know, when we start a business, we, we we want one of, one of the three freedoms really, or the three of freedoms, but which are time. So freedom of time, being able to do things when you want freedom of creation, being able to work on what you want, but also financial freedom, right? Like people want to obviously make money out of their, their passion or, or expertise. The truth is, you know, along the way, and that's another truth, drift will happen. You know, even though you want that, you want that freedom, you will eventually start drifting away from, from this freedom. So even though that's the main goal at first, we all end up in a place more than often that we don't want to be in. Why? Because, you know, business happens. Business is business. It is you will do things that you never thought you would do. You will do things that will prevent you from working, you know, on your real in within your real zone of power or your zone of genius, and it happens to every single entrepreneur. A th- third one is that entrepreneurs love to work. You know, I think, and that's what the, that's the irony of it because and intentionally we, you know, that's why we call the book done by noon. The truth is like as much as we want to attach time freedom to everything, I think the biggest thing, the biggest missing link for most entrepreneurs is creative freedom. The fourth, so the fourth truth is work-life balance doesn't work. And the reason being is that when you look at it from a perspective that Work and life are two different things and they compete against each other. The fifth truth is that your priorities will change.
0: So you, you made the point that entrepreneurs love to work. Mm. Why do you believe that's the case? Is it, is it that we deep down inside are creators and we love to build and grow and create and it's this insatiable desire to have that momentum and growth and creation in our life? Or is it something else?
1: No, I I I I think you 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 got it right. You know, I think it's it's really that that need to create, that need to solve problems, that need to make things better, and I that's why I see the difference between like a business owner and an entrepreneur. You know, obviously an entrepreneur more than often will be a business owner, but you could be a great a business owner who does really well financially who has amazing or fantastic um, business management skills and does that very, very well, does that make you really an entrepreneur? Not necessarily, right? I think for an entrepreneur like business management, you see that, oh, like an entrepreneur is like the practical artist. And yeah. an entrepreneur can be actually not that great of a business owner sometimes, right? But for example, a franchise owner who owns a franchise, like they want to have that, You know, work-life harmony. They want to have you know financial freedom, but that doesn't make them like the main juice. You know that creative freedom is not necessarily the main driver.
0: I would agree. I think that definitely is what what it is for me. Plus, being able to provide well for the people I love. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, your book talks about sustainable performance and productivity. Um, What are the secrets for entrepreneurs to achieve this sustainable performance and productivity?
1: Well, there's one, my, one example that I can give you, and it's our approach to uh, productivity. So we talk about efficiency first, you know, productivity. And when you look at the definition of productivity is the ratio, you know, of output per, let's say, unit of input, right? Uh, if you look at it in a traditional way or what, let's say, the entrepreneurial, um, the entrepreneurial culture promotes the culture of more the culture of hustling the const- you know of always being active you know that activity equals productivity you're going to go in a way in, in like you're going to interpret the like the the equation that in a way where the output is as much as you can produce and pretty much the input is well as much as the machine can take right so you're just going to use all your finite resources your time your energy and attention towards achieving as much as possible. What we advise is, what we advise is that look into at your output as what you want to accomplish, really like understand what's the desired, what's the intent, what's the desired outcome, what do you really want to accomplish and be very, very clear on that, right? And based on that, look at your input and say, how can I manage responsibly my three finite resources? my time, my energy, my attention. Those are the resources that I have as an entrepreneur personally and how I can manage that to make sure that the machine has a long, you know, life. Where if I do that, I know the pace is going to be nice. I'm going to produce what I want at a nice rate and I'm not going to burn my machine. You know what I mean? And you don't do that by just, you know, feeding the machine as much as you can. You do that by understanding how to manage these resources, you know, properly. So that's what's, what it is to be efficient, you know, at EFIC, so my company's EFIC. it's short for two words. First, you know, efficiency. So it's the ability to produce uh, something with the least amount of uh, resources. And um, the last, the other word is efficacy. Efficacy is the ability to produce the desired intent, the desired outcome.
0: Your book talks about three S's of leverage, Uh, We use leverage a lot and it's a, I think it's a really good uh, term to describe uh, utilizing these, these resources um, to, to achieve the greatest possible result. I think it's a great word for entrepreneurs. Can you talk to us a little bit more about these three S's of
1: leverage? Yeah. So, you know, it it goes back to a little bit of what, you know, we talked about when it comes to leverage. So first of all, uh, your strengths. All right. So you're going to need to understand that if not using your strengths is the best way for you to not manage your resources properly, obviously, every single time you're going to do something that you're not that great at, or that's going to, you know, it's going to take quite a bit of effort, quite a bit of energy, of more time, and obviously require more attention. So you know, first of all, play, understand your strengths. It's, it's, you know, it's not easy sometimes to understand what we're really great at, but it happens when you actually, you know, start doing things and reviewing your work. You know, when you review what you've done and your performance and your numbers, are like, okay, well, this is probably my best area, right? And, and obviously there's probably one or two things that we always do. Usually these one or two things are why we went in business, you know, because we really wanted to, you know, make a living out of this expertise and then because business happens because we drift we stop doing that right so understanding being very clear on where your strengths lie um, structure obviously because you know it's like anything else if you don't have structure um, you will not get the results that you want so leveraging a good structure that is sustainable that is solid and sustainable uh, that obeys to an efficiency, Efficiency first, you know, productivity, um, you know, way of way of way of operating per se um, is always always one of the foundational way to leverage. Um, and the third one is systems. So understanding that you need will need to implement different systems in your life and your business in order to uh, within that structure in order to optimize what you're doing. So once you have these three ingredients, which are not like always set in stone, you know, it's not just one thing that you're going to be doing and oh, it's going to work forever. It's understanding that, Hey, um, my goal is to understand myself enough and my business that I understand what my strengths are. I understand what's the best structure for me and my business. I understand what are the best systems for me and my business and using that as you know leverage to really create what you want, you know, and, and also working, working better.
0: Can you give us some advice on how entrepreneurs can more effectively leverage delegating, outsourcing, and automating?
1: Yeah. You know, and this is, here's the thing. It's never, it's rarely native to entrepreneurs. It is, well, the truth is because no one, it's hard to teach Because usually when you start your business, you start it because you are talented at something. You you have any talent or expertise. And the truth is because it's usually very close to what you do well and you know what to do. You will do it. But then teaching and showing people how to do it and measure it and ensuring that it's consistently done to the level that you want is not an easy task. So start gradually. I think now it's, under, first of all, understanding out of all your tasks, which are the ones that I can more easily automate. So can there's so many automation tools now that you can automate a lot of the things that you do now and you're like, oh my God, I didn't know there was a tool for that. Look, go on AppSumo, go on, you know, browse the internet, use Google to find like tools to do that. Obviously, you know, a lot of things require human attention, and now we'll, you will learn how to you know, delegate. That doesn't mean you need to hire someone full-time right away. You can just start, for example, by delegating some, some tasks tasks, you know, to someone else that a subcontractor you would have on, on Upwork, for example. We use Upwork quite a bit you know, to find. But I think the first thing to get started with is document your processes. If you have recurring tasks in your business, document them. know, what's that task and what are the steps to perform this task, you know, properly? And based on that, you set the standard to how you want this task to be accomplished. You know, here's how how it is accomplished. So you can more effectively, you know, delegate and and outsource. So before actually delegation is when you have someone internal. um, And more than often, a lot of people don't have anybody internal per se, like when they get started. So outsourcing and automating are probably... Um, the easiest way, you know, to get started. And from there, you know, when you have enough processes, when you have enough tasks, now you can maybe invest in someone full-time, delegate to that person. Don't do the classic mistake of just taking tasks that are not documented and just dumping them on someone else's lap. That's not going to eliminate the fire. The fires is going to be another place.
0: Thank you so much, Dave, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, entrepreneurs want freedom. The freedom of time, the freedom of creation, financial freedom. And entrepreneurship can often help us to achieve those freedoms. Number two, entrepreneurs love to work their craft because it gives us creative freedom. The desire to create and have momentum and growth fuels our desire for work. Number three, instead of trying to balance two separate lives, our work life and our personal life, We can strive to merge them together in a healthy way. Number four, over time, our priorities will probably change. That's normal. That's okay. When that happens, we can set new goals. Number five, we should develop and leverage our strengths, structures, and systems to create and manage a successful business. If you want to learn more about or connect with Dave, you can find him on LinkedIn, his company website, ethic.co, or his personal website, daveroyal.com. And there's links to each of those sites on the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Do you want to take your digital monetization to the next level? Then you can get a free ebook that I wrote about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in your entrepreneurial journey. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode,
1: please subscribe to the show and share it.